My guest today is Janet Lewis, change management specialist. She's also the CEO and founder of Dunamis OCM Incorporated and the author of Lost and Found. We always have a pretty grounded chat. She doesn't overcomplicate things, speaks open and unfiltered. And I believe it's what her clients like best about her. I certainly do. I know that change management, for instance, is almost a plethora of patterns in conflict with each other sometimes when you, you know, you're trying to, you're trying to like insert something really unique and valuable inside something that is already considered unique and valuable. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you disseminate in your mind? How did you, how do you unbuckle something valuable to put something more valuable into, into the scenario? Have you thought about? Uh, I have thought about it. And usually that thought comes up when I have to be careful when I'm, I'm introducing uh, change management, because I don't want to give the impression that what the client currently have is of no value. So there's generally a struggle with um, communicating that what you currently have is working, but I have something that can work better. So how I'm able to manage that is by celebrating what's currently on the table, right? And it goes back to the principle of be thankful for what you have so you can get more. So I'm not disrespecting or dishonoring or dismissing what you currently have but I'm saying that you can get to the next level and have something better. And how I do that is celebrating the good that's currently there and celebrating the steps that was taken to get to that, celebrating the achievement, the hard work that was placed into getting to where we're currently at right now and using that hard work and those principles to pivot to the next level and take it to the next level so you can go from good to great, from better to best. So there's a sense I'm getting that you put gratitude in play. Definitely. Definitely. Because if you're not thankful for what you have right now, like I believe that uh, if you're not thankful for what you have right now, not only will you lose what you currently have, you may not get anything more. And that goes back to my belief of believing in the laws of attraction and believing that like things uh, um, attract like things. So if you're ungrateful and if you're not thankful, you're going to attract situations that are not grateful. And if you're not thankful and, uh, for what you have, you're going to attract lack because lack manifests in those sort of thinking and those sort of energy, whereas more and abundance tend to gravitate in the space of gratitude and thankfulness and being you know, grateful for what you have. It's interesting that you've come at change that way, because if I look at old style thinking towards change, it's like, get out of the way. Something great is coming. Get out of the way. This is the best. Right. Yeah, that's a that's a big mistake. And I can't remember if I've, if I've ever done that. And the fact that I can't re remember <laughs> maybe implies that I've never done that. And I don't know if it's because of my upbringing. It could very well be because of how I was brought up. I was brought up and taught to appreciate the smallest of things. And I always also pay attention to the reaction of people. So when, when if, if I go into a room and I see someone else say, I have something great for you and better. What you have today 
throw it out the window, forget it. The person who created that thing that you're saying to throw out the window could be in that room. The people who you sold it to six months ago who bought it is in that room. And people are people. So you're going to offend those people or impact those people or discount those people. The same people that you're relying on to buy this new thing that you're introducing. Didn't you just introduce something six months ago and you told us it was great? Why should we believe you now? So it's thinking of the people, thinking of how it will land with the people and thinking of who you're offending as you're putting down the, the, the thing that you're trying to move away from. Because change is not about what you are doing is totally bad. Change is for you to experience the best out of life, the best out of your situation. So whatever you did in the past that's not working right now, they're not bad things. They're examples, stepping stones, springboards that you pivot from to get to the next level. You bring up a very interesting point. You took me back a few years because I, to my recruiting days where, you know, clients used to pay me to headhunt somebody from their competitor. And I always used to say to them, you know, you shouldn't expect too much from this individual. I, I say, because they were your competitor. They were working, a, you know, in competition with you. They were, you know, selling something else. And then for them to change in the middle of the race, like change horses, like you've got to think of the challenges that they're faced with. Uh, number one, they're not going to bring over. I, I know you'd love to have this happen because this is what they all want. Oh, we want their We want their clients. Well, good luck. I used to say, good luck. That's mm -hmm. not how it goes. This isn't the way the world wanders. Exactly. Because right? where's their loyalty? Right. And where's the loyalty? So it's funny that you say that because in my telemarketing days, um, I used to work for a telemarketing company. And so we, we got contracts from every person who wanted to do telemarketing. So on one floor, we had a very popular company that was selling long distance. <laughs> that was competing with the, the guru of long distance and telecom in Canada, right? So on, on the fourth floor, we had this company uh, offering long distance. And on the sixth floor, we had the competitor taking back those customers. And although it was, <laughs> although it was one of the most successful call, uh, telemarketing contract that I worked on because I had bribes. I was able to call Mr. Smith and say, Mr. Smith, I noticed that you are with, you know, the competitor. Do you know that if I give you two free movie pass, you can get a better long distance package? And I would always win them with the bribe. But they were, they got the least respect in my mind, because in some cases they would hop over. Today they were with the, the, the company. Tomorrow they came over because of a bribe. So where's your loyalty? And why would I want those customers? I always say to my supervisor, I would even try to win these customers back, their users, because they will just come back for the promotion. And as soon as the promotion is done, they go back and they play these games with these two competitors. So I always think about that as an example when I'm trying to uh, promote anything that I'm doing in life. Where is the loyalty among the people that I'm trying to be on my team? Where does their, lo their loyalty lie? And how easy is it for them to be bribed away? 
And if they're bribed away, do I want them back? Because you could easily be bribed away again, right? That's true. And, and you know, uh, change and transformation is no different. You are still trying to kind of promote some kind of activity, you know, some alteration to the scenario that, that, that you're, they're either living in or working in. So, and you can't bribe people to change. I mean, no. in all, not, you know, not when it comes down to the way they work, the way they live. You really can't. No, you, you can bribe them to change momentarily. But do know that if, if you bribe them and you're successful, it's not, it's not because they want to change. It's because of the bribery. They will come over to your end because they want that gift. I will give you a free laptop if you come over to me. Uh, but as soon as three, six months, the first opportunity they get to go away, they will leave because they didn't come because of you. They came because of the laptop, right? And once they got the use that they want out of the laptop, their heart is not going to be with you and chances are they're going to leave you. What will make the person stay during the transformation? What makes Sally moves from point A to point B is going back to the desire again, going back to the reasons. What is in it for Sally? And why is it that Sally should move? What does Sally have to gain? And what are the impacts of Sally? Did I give an opportunity? for Sally to be satisfied about going from point A to point B. Yeah, interesting. Um, I was having a conversation with somebody earlier on today about change in culture and how challenged it is, how challenging it is today because where most of us are in virtual environments anymore and that sometimes change is easier to kind of help um, move along its phases when you're in person with somebody because you know they they get a sense for your emotion and they get a sense for your attachment to the project. I mean, how have you seen it? Do you, how's it been for you during these days? Um, it's hard for me to to have that analogy or compare that because I've spent so much time doing change in a virtual world even before COVID, just because of the nature of the job. But when I started doing that in the beginning, what I realized is that it's not necessarily the medium or the forum that makes the person change. It goes back to your messaging. It goes back to your offering. It goes back to your service. It goes back to your product. It goes back to what's in it for Sally. It goes back to the reason why the company wants to change. So what? Why can't we just leave things the way it is? So yes, having an in-person meeting or an in-person info session is uh, helpful because you can see the person and read uh, body language and so forth. But the content and the information is still as important. And I think if the focus is shifted towards making sure that you're paying attention to the content and not worrying so much about the gimmicks, having to you know, engage them and keep them rah-rah and keep them happy, people will pay attention if the content is good. I've gone to situ uh, presentations, whether it be in person yeah. or on Zoom, <clears> where the, the, the fads were great, the, 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 the gimmicks were great, the marketing was off the chain, they had DJs, they had music, they had free gifts every 10 minutes. <laughs> Did I learn anything? Not really. And I've gone to the opposite, where I've gone where the presenter showed up looking like he was run over by three or four trucks. But... The, the value that I got out of that was very significant. Why? Because of the content. 
I didn't care that he didn't have a, you know, the greatest suit on or I didn't get a free pass because I was the 10th person who showed up. He delivered content. He delivered something that was meaningful to me that I can go home and apply to my life. So to answer your question, how do I balance the two is always keeping my mind focused on the content. Why did I call Sally here today? Am I going to waste Sally's time? And am I going to make sure that when I call Sally today and I take her away for an hour, I better give her something enough that the next time I knock on her door, she's going to come again. Because if you give her crap, the next time she will not show up. She'll hit the delete button before she even open up your email. So there you have it. No punches pulled. Good old straight talk from Janet. It's what she does best. Communicates. Thanks for listening.